0: It seems like bipolar disorder is becoming more and more common. What are the important things to know about treatment? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Christina Demopoulos, who recently relocated to the West Coast from the Bipolar Research Program at Massachusetts General Hospital. She now works at the Center for Anxiety and Depression in Mercer Island, Washington. Welcome. Thank you. So, Dr. Demopoulos, we've all learned about lithium treatment when we were in medical school. Is this still the treatment of choice for bipolar disorder?
1: Well, Leslie, lithium really is considered and has been considered the gold standard in treatment. People see a lot of novel agents that are now in the market, but certainly lithium has its place as a first-line mood stabilizer. There's no question, particularly for bipolar folks who really have a pattern of illness, which we call the MDI pattern, which is really presenting with first episode mania, depression, and then an interval of episode free mood. So that MDI pattern, uh, clinicians should really think about that in terms of patient history and course, and then using lithium as a first-line treatment.
0: Are there other options that may be better? Um, Certainly, there are. Other
1: options, uh, depending on the kind of course of illness, uh, whether a patient really is more purely classically bipolar, like the MDI pattern, versus people who are rapid cycling or have mixed dates, and and those typically start with a depressive episode first. Uh, That's not uncommon, of course, to see in the adolescent population where uh, rapid cycling is More commonly than not, the presentation of bipolar disorder. So when you look at rapid cycling, about 80% of adolescents will present with rapid cycling. And those folks, typically, polypharmacy is going to be the rule as opposed to the exception. And uh, quite often, anticonvulsants will be considered first-line agents. Uh, Though, when it comes to the only agent that has proven anti-suicide effect, meaning reducing acute suicidal ideation and attempts, lithium would be the agent of choice. So lithium certainly has antidepressant efficacy uh, as it stands alone uh, in bipolar depression. So clinicians quite often will consider lithium as an initial treatment for bipolar depression before adding any standard antidepressant.
0: Okay. Now, I also remember a very large book about lithium side effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's always stuck in my mind. That's the only book I can think of, a whole book dedicated to one medication and its side effects. Uh, can you give us some of the highlights? What are the most common side effects and how we might manage them?
1: This is a concern that a lot of patients come uh, forth with are or, or the side effect profiles of lithium. And and uh, what they've heard out in the community about lithium. And patients and clinicians really have to be aware of, of lithium side effects. Lithium is a salt, right, LI+. Plus. And um, lithium, uh, we don't really know the mechanism of action, but it works tremendously in mood stabilization, but it has its, its problems associated with being a salt. For example, uh, fluid retention, increased thirst, urinary frequency, patients sometimes complain of headaches, um, also tremor. It's very important to advise patients, and patients should be aware that if they're on lithium and it's a really warm day uh, and they lose a fair amount of fluid um, in, in the sun, that they should replete themselves with a, a electrolyte solutions or, or some sodium Uh, otherwise their lithium levels may go up and they may have confusion and tremor and certainly concerns uh, of renal function have been uh, brought forth uh, by patients and clinicians alike. So lithium has to be monitored uh, relatively frequently, has a small window of therapeutic index, meaning you have to keep the levels in a certain range. And those are the downsides that, that lithium does pose. So those would be the critical side effects.
0: If you've just joined us, you're listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Christina Demopoulos. We are discussing the treatment options for bipolar disorder. Now, you would mentioned the anticonvulsants. Which anticonvulsants do you use most commonly in treating bipolar disorder?
1: Well, in bipolar disorder, first-line agents, when you look at FDA indications for these agents... Uh, Depakote certainly uh, has an FDA indication for mania, and is a very effective agent in uh, bipolar mania, and has been shown to be effective in um, in rapid cycling. Other agents also include some of the newer anticonvulsant agents like Lamictal, Lamotrigine, and Lamotrigine has a large data set, large amount of information to really suggest that it is considered the mood stabilizer from below. So for folks, particularly bipolar two folks, so people who have episodes of hypomania, but predominantly depressive courses, can respond quite well to Lamictal. And actually data suggests that time to depressive relapse in a maintenance phase, meaning patients who are now stabilized on Lamictal, time to relapse into depression is prolonged significantly longer than it would be on placebo now with, or even with patients on lithium.
0: Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep stepping on you. So oh. uh, Now, with Lamictal, of course, there's a concern about Stevens-Johnson syndrome. Can you tell us how you manage that?
1: Glaxo, uh, who produces Lamictal, manufactures Lamictal, uh, has been very good at establishing large registries to look at this issue because initially, levetiracetam was used in the neurology uh, field, clearly used for seizure control, genetic involvement. And rapid seizure control was the goal for neurologists and fast titration resulted in a high incidence of rash. And some of those rashes went on to be more of a ex- severe exfoliating rash for Stevens-Johnson. Looking at large numbers in North American and international registries, the risk of Stevens-Johnson's now has gone down tremendously related to slowing the speed of titration upward. So that now there are defined titration schedules for this agent to avoid rash and the more severe complications being Stevens-Johnson. It's very hard to discern quite often in a general clinic setting uh, what could be the trigger for Stevens Johnson's when often patients are on multiple agents, right? So, antibiotics, uh, other anticonvulsants. Uh, so, um, the most important thing we need to glean is really the monotherapy registry data to assess the risk of Stevens
0: Johnson's. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM 233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Christina Demopoulos. We are discussing the treatment options for bipolar disorder. So, Tina, we've talked about lithium, lamictal, Depakote. What other options are there for treating bipolar patients?
1: Oh, goodness. A host of other options. There are also a host of innovative therapies that are ongoing now, Um, some really interesting uh, data is going to be emerging on uh, innovative therapies in bipolar disorder, but first, let me back up and just uh, mention the typical antipsychotics because they have really come to the forefront as mood stabilizers either adjunctively with your first line lithium and anticonvulsants, uh, but also even standing alone in treatment um, for bipolar disorder and uh, when you really look at The bipolar population, about 40% of bipolar patients are on antipsychotic uh, treatment chronically. Forty percent? Yes, up to 40%. This is data by CAC This is data out of our clinic back at Mass General. If you were just to take patients, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and and look at their uh, files and look at a chronic use of antipsychotics, about 40% of folks would be on chronic antipsychotic therapy. So uh, this is not a small population of uh, bipolar folks. And so we really are compelled to use these, either adjunctively or as, as monotherapy. Certainly there's good data and a, a large data set. Dipraxa was one of the first atypical antipsychotic agents, aside from clozapine that uh, has been studied extensively in bipolar disorder has very good data in acute treatment and in maintenance treatment and in treatment of rapid cycling. So Cyprexa has a great track record. The only problem with Cyprexa, of course, people uh, know that uh, weight gain and uh, metabolic uh, disturbances can be a real problem with Cyprexa.
0: Now, I think uh, maybe a misconception among non-psychiatrists is that you have to be psychotic to be on an antipsychotic in bipolar disorder?
1: Oh, absolutely. That's a very good question. The question is, no, you do not. <laughs> These are agents that are used at different doses typically than, let's say, in a schizophrenia or acute schizophrenic episodes. Uh, bipolar patients may respond To more modest doses of atypical antipsychotics and they don't necessarily have to have acute psychotic symptoms. However, a large proportion of bipolar patients do have psychotic symptoms and this may not be in the setting of frank auditory or visual hallucinations, but delusional symptoms, mild symptoms of paranoia, uh, those are symptoms that uh, clinicians should be asking about. In, In that realm, the atypical antipsychotics can be quite effective.
0: Now, is there any place for the older antipsychotics? You know, my generation, we grew up with Haldol and the like. Conventional
1: antipsychotics certainly are an alternative to atypical antipsychotics, particularly when people have acute psychotic symptoms, for example, hospitalized for acute mania with frank first-rank auditory hallucinations, visual hallucinations, and atypical antipsychotics are not providing enough protection for them.
0: Dr. Demopoulos. are there other atypicals besides Zyprexa that you see being used?
1: Oh, absolutely. Other atypicals include Abilify or Aripiprazole, uh, Risperidone, Zeprazidone, or Geodone. All of these agents have good evidence for mood stabilization and bipolar disorder.
0: And is Seroquel used as well?
1: Yes. Seroquel too. Seroquel has great data actually on uh, the treatment of bipolar depression. And new data that was recently uh, presented uh, on the end of this year on uh, treatment of the anxiety component in bipolar depression, and that's very important because anxiety quite often drives bipolar mood episodes and and is a frequent comorbid symptom.
0: Zyprexa, Seroquel, Abilify, Risperdal, Geodon—so all of the atypical antipsychotics may have a place. Yes. Yeah. Well, I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Christina Demopoulos. We've been discussing the treatment of bipolar disorder. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.